tried. And, uh, amen. So, uh, got your Bibles, take it to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 27. Acts 27. And uh, <coughs> we're going to start there. And I am very excited what the Lord has in store uh, for 2018. It's hard to believe that uh, we're setting in January, the first Sunday of 2018. Uh, I remember when I graduated high school, I said, well, the Lord's going to come back any time, you know. It won't, be, it won't be very long, and here it is. What's well, 2018? Uh, what they say in uh, 77, there came out... 77 reasons, or 88, 88 reasons why Christ would come back in 88, and then Christ would come back in 93 to set up the seven-year tribulation period for the you know, 2000, and, and uh, here we are, it's 2018, Christ hadn't come back yet. Uh, he's on his way? Well, he's coming. The promise is true. The promise is sure. Listen, as sure as my salvation is this morning, that's as sure as the promise of the return of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, we, we look at this and a lot of times, man, is he ever going to come? Yes, he will fulfill his promise. Yes, he will do what he said he did. He's never, he's never not done what he said he would do. There's never been a time, a promise he didn't fulfill, a promise he didn't uh, to uh, to to fulfill and to, and to accomplish. And uh, this morning, I, wanted, I want to speak to you. Uh, this morning, if you saw in the, in the bulletin, uh, the, the sermon title, uh, Some on Broken Pieces. I want to talk to you about broken pieces, but we'll get there in just a minute. And uh, <coughs> we're going to read a text in Acts chapter 27. Paul, we read last week, um, and we talked about in chapter number 26, where Paul... I had a chance to stand before King Agrippa, and, and King Agrippa was almost persuaded to be a Christian. We're, we're picking up, and we're going to continue to read in chapter 27, and the Bible gives us a, a little bit of a, a, a story here, so I'm going to tell you a little bit of it, and then we're going to read it, because it's a, it's a long text, and I don't want to read 44 verses this morning, so I'm just going to tell you what's taking place. Paul is prisoner. He is on a ship. In verse number 10, the Bible says that Paul says, he looks at those guys and he says, we don't need to go anywhere. Um, I, I, I know that if we get on this boat, if something bad's going to happen, he said, we've got to stay put where we, where we ought to. Well, the centurion, the Bible says in verse number 11, that the centurion believed that the, the master of the ship and the owner of the ship more than he believed Paul, and he said, get on the boat, we're leaving. And uh, whether you think it's safe for us to get on there or not, I'm a ship master and the master says it's all right and the owner of the ship says it's all right we're going across there and so they get on the boat and bible says in verse number 14 there was a great wind that came about and there was uh they caught they even named the wind now look uh, they've been naming hurricanes and and storms long before uh, harvey came along and long before all of those came along they were naming storms Look in verse number 14, the Bible says uh, Eurocliden. They named the storm Eurocliden. Now, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it just sounds right to me saying it that way. 
And, uh, but this was the name of the storm. And so the storm came and sat over top of them. And for the next 14 days, they were stuck in the sea. They were stuck at sea in the boat. And so in verse number 18, uh, because, of the, because of the storm that was hitting them, because of what was going on, the Bible says that they began to lighten the ship. They started throwing things overboard because of what was going on and the, and the fear of going under. Verse number 19, there was a, the, the third day came about and they started casting out, they started throwing out all the tackling that was in the ship. And you say, what is tackling? Tackling is all their equipment. They started, hey, day one, they started th th throwing things over. Day three, they were still in the middle of this storm and they started throwing out their equipment that was on the ship. Things were getting scarce if you're throwing away, if you're throwing out your equipment. Think about that. How, how many ships are going to start abandoning, throwing out their equipment to keep them afloat and to keep them going down the way? They're going to start throwing out their equipment? No, sir. But these guys did because of how fierce, how bad things have gotten in the storm. Here they are. They're stuck there. They can't move. Uh, uh, they're tossed to and fro. Verse 20 uh, the Bible says that they believed that all hope was lost. They believed that every bit of hope they had was gone. <coughs> and verse 21, Paul says, hey guys, you should have listened to me. I told you we should have stayed, stayed there, and you guys didn't listen to me. And look where we're at. We're about to die. You believe that all hope is lost. And uh, I'm going to read this text, and then we'll jump down. I'll tell you a little bit more, and then we'll read the rest of it. Verse 22. So I'm not going to have you stand just because we're going to be reading a couple different verses here. Verse 22. Uh, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be not, no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Paul says, here it is, guys. You should have listened to me, but here it is. This ship's going under, but not one person is going to die. Verse 23, for there, he tells him how he knows this, for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Stop. Paul says, listen, guys, we're not going under. We are not. The ship's going down, but we're going to be saved. And the reason I know that, because in verse number 23, he says, listen, that angel came to me. You know, do you know how I know? Do you know how I know what I know? Because the angel that came to me is the angel of God. And do you know how I know it's the angel of God? It's because it's the angel of the, of the God in whom I serve. He said, there's no doubt in my mind what's going to happen here. This ship's going under, but we're getting out of here safely because I've got a meeting point. I've got to go meet somebody, and God's appointed for me to go down that way. Hey, we're going to be saved, but the boat won't. Paul says, in the God in whom I serve. And guess what, guys? You serve the same God. Do you not? Do you serve the same God? Yes. <laughs> Come 
We ought to have that same type of belief, right? All right, let's continue to read. I mean, continue to talk about this. Verse, 20, verse 27, it's the 14th night. They're still tossing about. Bible says in verse number 28 that they have come to a place where they can see some land. Bible says that they're 20 fathoms away from land because they've sounded the horns. They've, they've made sure that, that, that they know that they're close to land. And 20 fathoms is about 120 feet. And so he says, well, keep on going. Let's get a little bit closer. And the Bible says that they come to 15 fathoms, which is about 90 feet. And so <laughs> they've got as close as they can get. Can't go no more. And so in verse 29, they cast down the anchors. They drop the anchors. They drop the four anchors and, and to keep the boat there. And now we're going to shore. And verse number 30, which is an amazing text, they begin to let down the lifeboats. They begin to let down the lifeboats. And I don't know if guys were in them or not, but they begin to let them down. I mean, and Paul says, Stop what you're doing. I told you that we're going to be safe. Cut the lifeboat. Get rid of the lifeboat. The Bible says that they cut the lifeboats off. We're in the middle of a storm. We're anchored down. We're just 90 feet or so from the shore. And Paul, you want us to cut the lifeboats? And the Bible says that they cut the lifeboats. They cut them off. We're almost there. We're almost there. It's amazing. It's just amazing to me. Verse number 32, where they cut the lifeboats. Now let's pick up to read. In verse number 34. Wherefore, I pray you, take some meat for this. <coughs> is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them, of them all, and when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then were all were they all of good cheer? They had some meat, and there were in all the ship two hundred three score and sixteen souls. There were two hundred and seventy six souls on the ship, and all of them just got uneaten. They cut the lifeboats. Their tackling, their equipment was gone. The ship was just about empty. Verse 38, And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. They got rid of the bread. They got rid of the meat, of the food. They just emptied the ship. Hmm. Verse number 39, And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into it, the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoised up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. They pulled up the anchors and they said, We're going to shore! And the falling into, into a place where two seas meet, met, and they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken 
with the violence of the waves. Listen, these guys had pulled up their anchors and they said, we're going to shore. And on their way to shore, they got stuck in the ground and they couldn't move. They were unmovable, the Bible says. And then the winds and the, and the, the waves continued to beat upon the back part of the ship and it tore the ship to pieces. Hmm. Verse 42, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Let's kill them all. Get rid of them. And lest any of them should swim out and escape. They were afraid of them escaping. And the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Stop. He says, the centurion says, no, 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 you're not killing them. I know I'm taking a long time to tell the story, but I want us to grab all of it. He says, stop. You're not killing them. Paul is a righteous man. Paul's the guy who just prophesied to us that we said we should have never even come out. Paul's the one who has said that all of us are going to be saved. Paul's the one that told us to cut the boats and we cut the boats. We're not killing him. We're not killing him. Let them swim to the shore. And those that can't swim, well then, whatever. Verse 43, 44. And the rest, those that couldn't swim, and the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped, how many? All safe to land. What just happened there? Every person that was on that ship, whether they could swim or whether they couldn't, the Bible says that those that couldn't swim fell on broken pieces, some on parts of the ship, and they got to land. Every one of them! That did not happen by accident. So just an introductory statement, I'm going to make two statements. Number one is you see the belief that Paul had in God. Look at what he did. Look at what he said to them. He says, if you would have listened to me, we would have never got on this ship. If you would have listened to me, we would have stayed at bay. But then he said, I, I saw the angel of God. I believe in what he's told me, and God will protect us. Listen, we need more Christians that will just simply believe in God. Just believe what God has told you. Every one of you, you've been spoke to by God. God's moved in your life. God's encouraged you. God's strengthened you. God's given you a purpose. Go ahead and do what God's told you to do because that's, hey, I, that's the God in whom I serve. That's the God in whom I put my trust and I will not fear what man can do unto me is what the Bible says. Hey, we need not to fear what, what man can do. We need not to fear what may come about. Paul had no idea what the end result was going to be. All he knew that he was going to trust God and God was going to take care of him and he was going to get to the other side. He knew that he was going to get safely to the other side because God promised him that he would. It's time that we Christians decide that we're going to put our faith and our trust in God because that's the God in whom I serve. That's the God in whom saved me. That's the God in whom will take me to heaven when I die. That's the God in whom we can put our trust in. Paul went through the storm. Paul went through everything and still, yet he put his faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> even at the beginning of the story when he could have said, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get on the boat. He said, no, 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 we're not supposed to go out there. 
Christians, it's time that we put our faith in Jesus Christ and quit putting faith in man, quit putting faith in, in other things, quit putting faith in your good works, quit putting faith in different things in your life, and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put it there. And trust him that he'll take you through whatever it is that you're going through in life. Hey, Christian, let Paul be an example to us on how he trusted God. Look in verse 25, the Bible says that he says, For I believe God. You know, there's a couple stories in the Old Testament that tell us there were some people that believed God. If I go back in the Old Testament, there was a man whose name was, was uh, Noah. And God told him, he said, hey, bud, I want you to build an ark. And if you build this ark, everyone that's in that boat will be saved. Kind of the same story, huh? Because everybody that was in the boat got saved. The Bible doesn't tell us that there was just a limited room in there either. But the Bible says that Noah believed God. And because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he built the ark. The Bible also tells us in Jonah chapter number 3 that Jonah was in the belly of the well and God spoke to him and God moved in him that he should go to Nineveh and preach the gospel and he repented of his wrongdoing and he repented of the things, of the direction he was going and he got up and, uh, and, and, the, and the well spit him out and he got on dry ground and he ran to Nineveh and he preached and he said, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Bible says that they believed God. And when they believed God, every one of them got saved. You talk about the greatest revival known to mankind when a man, a, a wicked, rebellious prophet goes into a town uh, goes into a town and preaches the gospel in spite of him, in spite of who he was. No, it wasn't about the man. It was about the message. It wasn't about the man. It was about the God. It wasn't about the guy. It was about the God. It wasn't about Jonah. It was about Jesus Christ. And he preached Jesus Christ. And they believed. And they were saved. Simply, they just believed in God. Christian, I think it's time that we believe in God. Well, I believe in God. The Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. Well, I believe in God. If you believed in God, then your actions outside of church would show that. I'm not saying that anybody in here is out there doing things they ought not to be doing. But if you believe God, if you believe God, then what you are, who you are, the things that you do, the places you go, would be revealed in you believing in God. <coughs> Paul believed in God. And when he believed in God, 276 people were saved on the boat. When he believed in God, he was able to write 13 books of the New Testament. When he believed in God, he brought the gospel to the Gentiles. When he believed in God, something happened because when you believe and truly put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, something's going to change and something's going to happen when you believe God. Because a lot of times I feel like we live this Christian life and yeah, I, I, well I believe God and yeah, yeah, I believe in him. 
And if you went and took a poll, most people, a lot of people, would say, sure, I believe in God. Well, let me ask you something. When you believed God, did it change you? Did it change who you were? Did it change the direction you were going? Because when I believed God, it changed me. Why don't we allow the belief in God to change us like it did Paul? Like it did me? Like it does you? You believe God? Let it change you. <clears throat> when you fall in love with somebody, you know, I, I heard a statement said about, you know, falling in love. You don't fall in love because falling's an accident. You walk in love and, and grow in love and then love grows in you. But as a Christian, we need to fall in love with God. We need to grow in love. And you say, what does that have to do with this? It has to do with believing God. He can and he will. The introduction is going to be a lot longer than the sermon. I, know, I may not even make it to the sermon this morning. But we see, first of all, we see Paul's trust in God. Paul's trust in God so much, belief that happened, it caused a guy who didn't believe in God to believe in him. You say, where? The centurion. The Bible says in verse number 32, look here. Uh, Paul, verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. He says, listen, he's talking about the, he's talking about the lifeboats. He said, cut the lifeboats. If, if you let go of those lifeboats, if you get people on them lifeboats, they're not guaranteed to be saved. He said, if they stay inside this boat, they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved. And in verse number 32, then the soldiers, what? Cut off the ropes to the boat and let her fall off. You're a captain of the boat. You're the master of the boat. And a guy, a prisoner in shackles comes to you and says, hey, get rid of the lifeboats. We're in the middle of a storm that we've been in for some 14 days now, and a, and a prisoner looks at you and says, hey, cut the boats. Get rid of the lifeboats. We don't need them. Get rid of the lifeboats. We don't need them. And then the centurion believed God. He, he, it changed who he was. At the beginning of the story, the Bible says that he believed the master and the owner of the ship more than he believed Paul. But when Paul looked at him in the square in the eye and he knew that he had experienced some things, he knew that he had been out there on the oak for the sea for a while, he knew that the winds were coming down, he knew that the waves were crashing in on the boat, they were about to die, and Paul looks at him and says, cut the lifeboat, and he says, cut them! Get them cut! Get rid of them! We want to be saved! Because of his belief, See what happens when you believe in God? It affects other people. And it brings people to you. To the Lord. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll say it a hundred times more. The only thing that you and I can take to heaven are other people. We can't take money. We can't take our earthly goods. The only thing that we can take is other people. 
Listen, Paul was concerned about taking other people with him and his belief in God so much changed the centurion that he accepted Christ. You say, no, he didn't. that's not what the Bible says. That's exactly what the Bible says, that he got saved, that he believed what Paul was saying. He believed the truth. Listen, Christian, we need to live our life in trusting in God so much that everyone else is around us saying, man, I need to believe like this guy. Look at this guy. Look at the difference he's making. Look at the belief that he has in God. And that's what happened. That's what took place. They believed it so much. They cut the, cut the lifeboats. Are you kidding me? You want to cut the only thing that's saving us from going to shore? Yes, sir. You know how many lifeboats they had? Enough to get everybody to shore. You know how many lifeboats they cut? Enough of them to get them to shore. And here's the message. Stay on the boat. If you stay on the boat, you're safe. Don't get off this boat. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about the boat of salvation. Listen, there's only one boat. There was only one boat that day. They couldn't get on those lifeboats and get to the shore and be guaranteed to be saved. He, the, the only way that they could be saved was to stay in the boat. The only way that they could be saved was stay in the boat. Listen, you say, well, you will. I mean, look at the story. They had to swim to shore. They would have been safer in the, in the lifeboats. Listen, you may think that your works or your good deeds or who you are will get you to heaven. No, sir. No, ma'am. The only way that you can get to heaven is get in the boat. Paul, the centurion, the master, the owner, they were all on the ship. They could have said, no, no, no. We're getting on this lifeboat. We're going to shore, buddy. Forget you. No, the Bible says that all of them were saved. Amen. Not with a lifeboat. Because they stayed on the boat. <clears throat> Christian, number one. Hey, you're lost this morning. You better get on the boat. You better get on the boat. Listen, look, look, look at this text here. Here it is. In verse number 44. Verse 43, some of them swam to shore, and the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. Here's the, here's the message. Here's the thought. Because all of them were saved. Some of them on broken pieces. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, Christian. I'm saved today because of a broken piece. You say, what do you mean? Because somebody decided that they had messed up and made a mistake and did something wrong and they were still going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ even though they were a broken piece. And God saw it in his mind that I would get on the boat and I would get saved by somebody who decided to be a broken piece for God. And I hung on for dear life and I got saved because of a broken piece. Listen, you're sitting out there today and you say, well, I've messed up. I've done things I shouldn't do. Well, guess what? You may be a broken piece that somebody needs to grab a hold of and bring to Jesus Christ. 
Don't allow yourself because of things that have went wrong and things have not gone all, you, all the way that you thought they ought to go. You are still a peace for God and allow yourself to be a broken peace that somebody might be saved. Well, I can't do anything for God. Yes, ma'am, you can. Yes, sir, you can do something for God. Well, I'm just a broken piece. I'm just broken. Don't you dare say that about yourself. Don't you dare speak that way about yourself because God is in the business of using broken pieces. Because God used a broken piece to save me. Had it not been for the broken piece to save me, I don't, I, I don't know that I'd be saved. I don't know that I'd be on my way to heaven, but God used a broken piece. And you are evidence, you sitting in church today are evidence of somebody who is a broken piece and you got saved. Stay on the boat. If you're, if you're not born again, you get on the boat. If you're born again and you're a result of a broken peace, you be a broken peace for God. I thank God for broken pieces. Because I'm saved because of one. How many were saved? All of them. Those that could swim and those on broken pieces. God, we love you. We thank you so much for today.